Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oh Snap, an MCU podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to be covering The Avengers in our Loki homework. I'm the host, Mike Marbach, and today I'm joined by Rob Alessiani. Greetings. Michael Henley. Hello. And Keen Cobb. How's it going? How you doing, everybody? All right. Uh, before we get into The Avengers, um, I'd like to say that we have shows coming up in person shows. We will be performing in front of human beings. Crossroads Comedy Theater is going to be in Philly at Theater Exile June 11th through the 13th. Uh, so if you're listening to this before then, check out xroadscomedy.com uh, for more information on the shows that we have going on. It's a lot of, lot of really fun stuff. And if you miss those, we're back next month and the next month and the next month after that uh, on into infinity. All right. So Let's hear those first, actually, even before I get to those first impressions, we're covering the Avengers, and I feel like this should just get out right in, at the top. Directed by Joss Whedon. Mm. Uh, and I love this movie. I think it's really, really good, but I think I would be remiss if we didn't address the fact that he has been under fire, uh, under assault, <laughs> uh, for being a terrible human being. Yes, to right. With. Yeah. Justified assault. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't care how good your art is, it doesn't justify the treatment, uh, horrible treatment of the people that help you make it. So Agreed. I just want to get yeah. that out uh, in yeah. the front. So in case I think we really need to figure out the can you separate the art from the artist debate right now here on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have 15 uh, minutes. Let's give it 15 minutes. Everything. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard to uh, it's 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 hard to love something when the creator is so very bad. <laughs> Um, there are things that I have been able to do that with, and there are things that I can't, and it is directly in proportion to how much I actually love the art or mm. how much of the art I was exposed to, I think, before everything came out. Certain things are just beyond the pale. Other things, maybe there's room for some debate and nuance, but I, I think it's a pretty personal journey for each person. I don't begrudge anyone for holding on to something that means something personal to them. The, the big mm -hmm. one I, I always think of is, you know, Harry Potter meant a lot to a lot of very marginalized people, means yeah. a lot to a lot of yeah. very marginalized people that took comfort and strength and saved a lot of lives. And also the creator of that is a pretty gross person who has said some pretty turfy and uh, anti-trans bullshit. And, um, you know, those two things exist at the same timeline in the same place. And so I think, I, I would never begrudge anyone for not being able to return to art that they can't see fit to do so because of the actions of the creator. And I wouldn't begrudge anyone for saying, uh, I need, I, I can't, I can't separate myself from this, you know, as long as they're not like saying like, oh, they didn't do anything wrong. Then it's like, okay, we're not in the same chapter. So yeah. we, we're not going to see eye to eye here, but right. that's where I fall. Yeah. Uh, anybody have anything they want to add? Yeah. Um, while everyone was reading um, Harry Potter, I was too busy reading Animorphs. So if anything bad comes out about that person, wh whom I don't remember, uh, damn, I'm 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 messed up in the game. But that's the Jonathan case. Animorph, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Of the Western Animorphs. Of, of, of the Connecticut Animorphs. Yeah. So Keen, all you have to do is just never look it up, and you will be uh, blissfully ignorant. 
I hate that though. Come out. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my fears. I hate not knowing stuff. So I'm probably gonna have to look that up after this. Uh, Michael. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with everything that Rob said, and especially that it, it's it's always difficult when I I feel like I'm gonna do my best to you know separate you know this movie around all the stuff around it but at the same time this is a movie that i literally went to see actually because you know at the time as a huge fan of joss whedon i was just going well i'm totally in because i was kind of i was kind of in or out maybe on on the mcu up to this point this was the one was like oh i'm all in really yeah i was actually because i i i I liked the first iron man a lot i was super cold on iron man 2 Thor was okay was it Um, known as the mcu at that point because i didn't see it like that I don't I think so. I I, I yeah, yeah I, I think so. Yeah, I th- I think yeah. It might okay. not have the the name recognition that it does now, but yeah, Marvel certainly understood that they were building it. Oh for oh for sure, yeah, but a shared universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 it, it's a tough thing to separate, and uh, and 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 yeah, as, as a longtime fan of his, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say, but yeah, and. Don't meet your heroes because they're all trash. Because they're all trash. <laughs> yeah. Really are. I'm almost afraid to tell you guys who my favorite basketball player was growing up, but I'm gonna do it. Carl Malone. It was, it was Woody I Allen. I hate the person. <laughs> I hate the person. <laughs> hate him, and yeah, it hurt right. me that I wasted so many years. I'm sorry. Let's get back oh, on nah, top. Nah, it's all right. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to clear the the air about that. We are <clears throat> we are recognizing that he is a shit human. All right. Uh, so we've all seen the movie. This is not our first impressions. I want to hear your second impression of the Avengers. Keen. Second impression. Um, I thought, I kind of thought, maybe kind of, I wasn't as huge of a fan of Thor yet. I thought Thor was a chump initially in the first few ones. Because he's all like, I got to take my brother back home because uh, he didn't clean his room or something. Or he almost killed a bunch of a whole race of people. Um so yeah, I, I kind of didn't like him at first, but like watching Thor again and then seeing his um, his evol- actually paying attention to his evolution because he might have had like the starkest change. Well, maybe maybe Tony Stark, but like the starkest change in his movie as far as like him being like a, a bachelor bachelorish playboy mm-hmm. uh, warmonger basically, and all of a sudden a very humble, respectful, dutiful kind of like king to be. Um, so like I did, I did enjoy that. Uh, I still hate Cap's uh, uniform in this one. The uh, <laughs> the original, our first Avenger one is way better than this one. Um, I think the more you go back to it, the more of the jokes you'll catch from Robert Downey Jr. Because he is such a mile a minute. I yeah, call it a few yeah. more ones. Uh, we're losing you a little bit, Keen. Um, so that was dope. You see me now? Or am I good? Or no? Uh, we, we yeah, we got you now. Okay, cool, cool. I'm Just sorry. missed what you had said. No, uh, great. Now I think I missed what I said. No, I was saying. Uh, did you hear me about the the, the Robert Downey Jr. thing about the jokes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty much my last point. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about it the further we go. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a, a an episode of Veep. How fast he, he 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 lets those lets those out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very in your face. Sometimes it's just very Jason Bateman-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, 
Yeah, this is um, this is a super fun movie. Uh, it remains a super fun movie. Um, I feel like, um, and again, without touching on what we just talked about, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to trivialize, you know, what we just talked about in terms of like this movie and my, you know, reaction to its aesthetics and stuff like that. But I feel like if I have a different reaction to this movie now, it's a lot of the Joss Whedonisms, which, uh, you know, like there are a lot of like really funny lines, really like solid one-liners in it. But like, I feel like when I saw this movie in the theater, I was like clapping in every single one, just going like, do it again, do it again. This is great. And now I'm just going like, yeah, okay. Like, like some of them I think really, really work. And some of them are just like, yeah, all right. I guess that had to be there, you know, but um, I think this movie moves really well. I still get a thrill out of even just like the little moments, like when, um, when when Captain America and Iron Man are finally in the same shot together, basically, and he says, "Mr. Stark," and he says, "Captain." I love it. I love it so much. Um, it's 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 really exciting. It's really it, it's a thrilling movie. I even love the ending because it's so like over the top and crazy and joyous. Uh, even even if the um, even if the big machine things kind of feel like they're out of a Transformers movie. Um, it's still really, really fun. Um, it's a good movie. I like it. Rob. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is this is like a, uh, the archetypal um, summer. Did this come out in the summer? Sure did. Yeah. yeah. So summer blockbuster popcorn. But what astounds me on multiple viewings of this, because I think in the first time I saw it in theaters, it's just well, I was also not sober yet, so it's hazy. Um, but I remember just feeling like just bombarded from all sides by just content and 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 visuals and and going back and rewatching, I'm struck by how many movies this is uh, in terms of style. And that, I think that's like that's Marvel's thing now, where if they have one of the tentpole movies, it's going to be a lot of different types of movies in one. So there's like espionage, there's like a spy movie in this, there's the giant, you know, giant space battle popcorn, there's, um, you know, there's uh, really low to the ground and, um, you know, kind of the love story angle, not love, but like um, person to person, very close to, very, very uh, down to earth kind of stuff. And then there's like, you know, hijinksy comedy stuff too. So it's a lot of films and they're all pretty good. Yeah, I think if you know that this, if you're going into this as a Josh Whedon, if you were going into this at the time as a Josh Whedon fan, his fingerprints are all over this, obviously in the dialogue type. It is kind of one of those movies where like, there are points where nobody speaks like this. Like if you go see a Kevin Smith movie, you go see a, um, a um, an Aaron Sorkin project. It's like very clearly the dialogue is of that creator but um but i think it hits on all the marks in in a way that you know some tentpole avengers branded movies don't most notably age of ultra um although it has become much more required viewing as the mcu has gone on age of ultra at the time really fell flat for me whereas this one just like was awesome yeah yeah, I agree with uh, what everybody's got to say. I very much enjoyed the movie. I think this might have been only my second time watching it all the way all the way through, uh, and it moves really well. Uh, visually, it's very cool. Uh, I love all of the dumb, fun moments. And yeah, I had, just like Michael, I had some of this like, okay, all right, just beat the bad guys, <laughs> you know, just move us along. Um, but I still still enjoyed them. I uh, like the the one where 
uh, it's and it's so dumb, but I enjoy it. With the the one cop's like, why should we listen to you? And then cap's like, And then the cop's like, okay, we're gonna do it. But uh, just repeating everything he just said. Uh, I enjoy it. And those moments where the whole team is there, when they kind of form the everybody form the poster kind of kind of moments. Uh, it visually is just really cool and. With the music, who does the music for this? Alan Silvestri. Silvestri, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, just the music lifts this movie even higher, I think, mm-hmm. especially in those really big fight moments. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to add than than that. Uh, opening it up to anything and everything you want to say at the moment. Um, I have notes if we're uh, if we get a little lost, but bounce around as you see fit. The the one thing that stuck out to me. Um, and I'm mad because I don't know if I saw it or someone saw it and they told me like, so I watch a lot of like stuff on YouTube and I'm not sure if it's an original thought or if I got it from them, but the one scene when, um, Thor and Loki are fighting on like the mountain, mm-hmm. very slickly, you see two crows fly by. Yeah. And apparently I think that's Odin, like watching them, I think, or those are his messengers and they're going to report back to him. Okay. Oh, in Norse mythology, Odin had messenger crows that would that would mm-hmm. travel back and forth from Midgard, Earth to Asgard, and like give him the skinny on what was going on in Midgard. So, yeah, okay. there's a lot of little Easter eggs and stuff like that. And that's this is a movie where they're combining, you know, all the Asgardian stuff is all based on real mythology that exists in our world. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see some of that sprinkled in. But Marvel's always been very good at that. Marvel's always been very good at like details, which is maybe I don't love DC as much and I'm not into the details, so I don't pick up, but I also don't watch DC movies as much as I do Marvel. So that's one of the things where if you could go, why do Marvel movies tend to work and DC movies, at least for me, tend to not, it's, it's little stuff like that. It's the nuance. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with that. I think, this, say um, oh, I think oh. this is we were talking about it when we watched Thor um, and talked about Thor, but you know, we're still very definitely in the pre uh, Taika Watiti Thor like world. Um, that now Thor is kind of firmly established as that's that's his character, and I think kind of universally it's it's beloved. This like change that Thor and the, and the Asgard. Uh, universe within MCU has become so we're still <clears throat> he's still very broody and kind of affected and Loki is is very much like you know I mean this is let's talk about Loki because we're going into the show mm-hmm. um he's he's just a villain here there, yeah. there are shades he, and you know and 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 nuance within his character but he's not I don't I don't I don't I mean I agree with you he's definitely like and we, I hate saying it like this because he he evolves to be so much more. But in this one, he's definitely like cookie cutter villain. Yeah. Where like yeah. he and Thor, he, it was like very. I think it was way more slight because they had you had to focus so much more on Thor growing. So you really didn't see all of the Loki ish in that. But this one, it was a little bit more. And I didn't. The one part I didn't like was the fact that he was sniveling. Mm-hmm. In this one, mm-hmm. that he wasn't like full Loki yet, because uh, he had to keep a- uh, answering back to I keep forgetting their name, the Chitari, I think. The ch- ch- yeah, Chitari. Yeah. And then eventually, it'd be, the other, be like, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so very very Shakespearean, which is cool. But as far yeah. as like a basic villain goes, I really enjoyed his plan. His plan had multiple layers and had had a few fail safes. So yeah, I want to I want to quote another well another flawed uh, artist. Uh, Immortal Technique um, has a song. Um, what is uh, I forget what the name of the track is, but he he has a line in it that says, "You've got jealousy in your voice, like Starscream." And, uh, and, <laughs> and this entire movie, Loki has jealousy in his voice like Starscream. And and that's kind of like they were like Cobra Commander. He's just like, Row! like it's very, <laughs> it's very like cookie cutter. And you know, it's it's a testament to how much these characters have grown and, and how the shades of gray have come through. And and I'm really excited for the TV show because what we are getting Loki um Hill. Which version of Loki are we getting? Uh, what? So when when post the, the post this movie heard, actually? Yeah, post this literally movie. post this movie. Yeah. yeah. So we're so not going to see the growth from like um no. four, three. I think was that yeah. was that three? Yeah. Or yeah. from him being game stuff. Yeah. No. None of that Loki. He Ragnarok. ain't changed yet. Yeah. So that's going to be really cool to see yeah. because it's going to almost be like that journey we watched over a bunch of movies, but. I mean, maybe this Thor, maybe this Loki reacts differently because he's a different timeline, uh, but they will have the opportunity to kind of, based on the previews, we're going to see like all sorts of different Lokis because he's just going to get to play around the timelines and be different people. And I, I'm, of all the series, I wasn't as excited about WandaVision because I didn't know, I, I didn't know kind of what they were going to try to do. Ultimately, it ended up being an incredible, uh, an incredible series, mm -hmm. kind of the same thing with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I didn't really know what they were going to. It ended up being incredible. This is the one I was excited from the jump. Like, so I, I'm a little nervous because this is the uh, one they could. They had nowhere to go. Put so much up. stock into it. So you're yeah. like, uh, please. Be they good. had nowhere please to go good. but up, but this one has nowhere to go. But like, uh, I mean, down. But it'll probably still impress, and I'm I'm very excited. The tools, the the toys they have to play with in in this upcoming series seem um, right up my alley. So. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that uh, yeah, this movie is definitely another stepping stone in the uh, you know in, in the creation of Loki, the character. Um, I really enjoy that they really kind of depict him as like kind of a you know he's obviously under the thrall of the Chitari, so he's kind of like a reluctant bootlicker kind of in a way, but also he's trying to cut off a little piece for himself basically, and um, you know have some kind of power. And I really like that scene where. Um, is it in Sweden? No, it's it's not in Sweden. It's in Germany, of course. Uh, the the scene with the um, where where he's, he he takes yeah where he takes the guy's eyeball out and everyone reacts in fear and then he and he smiles not the violence he's causing but the fact that people are afraid of him um, and I feel like that's very very you know important to the kind of character he's playing here which is like yeah he's absolutely without morals but like he does he does have something he's going for. And I really enjoy how they kind of, I would love to see a Marvel one-off about the year he spent away from Asgard, basically just kind of before he fell in, in you know, in with the Ch Chitauri and everything. Cause they really kind of depicted in this movie, almost like a version of like that thing that, I don't know, like that some people say, just like my daughter went to college and now she's came back. She's filled with these crazy <laughs> ideas. Um, but uh, instead it's, you know, like, I think we should destroy the earth. Um, I thought, but <laughs> I thought he um, went with the with the with the eye trick 
Mm-hmm. I thought you more. I thought he smiled more for the attention more than anything. I mean, yeah, it might have that- been the power, but I thought like him looking good. Everybody's like all in shock. Kind of a mix of two. No, I I agree. I think like like the the kind of the the, the kind of false respect. I think basically yeah. that he was kind oh, of searching yeah, for. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how did he get from Thor to here? Did you die? I thought he infected. Thor? I thought he infected dude's mind because I thought at the end of Thor, yeah. he saw him in the reflection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so uh, so we're we're meant to assume that Selvig is under Thor, excuse under Loki's influence from that moment when he joins up with Shield, basically to this moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like Selvig is on the straight and narrow and he gets taken over right at the top of this movie, right? He's kind yeah, of yeah. I think yeah. I think at the very least he's under some kind of thrall. It's not like total until he kind of taps him with the yeah the Mind Stone scepter, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's he does something where Selvig's gonna tweak something where he can open up the portal and suddenly we've got we've got loki Mm. you've got loki (laughs) go for loki go for loki uh uh, how did you feel they dealt with the rounding up of everyone because they're all previously to this uh their own separate movies own separate paths how do you feel they dealt with getting everybody together for that first time I love this because it's such a tiny little thing. It's such a tiny dorky like filmmaker slash writing thing. But I love the way they kind of pave this road because like every scene, either via line of dialogue or sometimes a visual thing leads to the next scene where uh, Captain America says you should have left the Tesseract underwater. And then we cut to Tony Stark underwater, Mm -hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. I love it because it really kind of creates this flow of like one thing leading to the other, leading to the other, leading to the other. And so it feels almost inevitable that like all these people are going to meet up. And I I really enjoy that energy a lot. Yeah. There was one point when I think it's Fury that says to uh, Black Widow, um, he says something like, I'll deal with this person, you deal with the big guy. He's like, oh, me and Stark, you know, we don't get along. And she's like, no, no, the big guy. <laughs> Gulp. Gulp. Uh, yeah. That's a great scene, too. I really mm-hmm. enjoy their first their first meeting, yeah. I yeah. loved, I loved the, uh, I loved the scene when Coulson called in, uh, I might call her Wanda, called in uh, Natasha, just because, like, um, like, like you said, that was a, that was a perfect, uh, espionage part. The spy got caught. They know who she is. Oh my God, what are you going to do? She looks incredibly scared. And then the fact that that Shield got so much reach, they called hit. They called a henchman's <laughs> phone and was like, "Hey, put on the line." And it was like, "Who, who are you?" He's like, "Look, I can take out this whole block in two seconds. Yeah. Put on the line." <laughs> and then he's like, "I'll give so much information." He's like, I I give information. I thought he's like, I, "Okay, I don't give too much." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so like it, it was a great aside like i on the um i think it was the, the previous pod we did I, I i mentioned that my dad got me a bunch of um war machine and hawkeye comic books for some fucking reason so uh mind you love my dad thank you for that but i was a fan of hawkeye before he started getting slandered uh for his <laughs> quote-unquote usefulness and on this team <laughs> Uh, so to see, the only thing that I didn't like about this whole thing is his introduction sucked because like he's like, uh, ask the hawk up there, and he yeah. comes swinging down and shit, and then all of, a, <laughs> all of a sudden he gets turned, but out of, out of the whole group he's the only one that you could do that to and it will make sense, because he's like the only real, I mean, Natasha's uh, 
basic human too, but like still, um, I just didn't like his introduction. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just saw a sketch from uh, I think it was SNL the other day yeah. with uh, mm -hmm. where he addresses the fact like, ah, oh, geez, I'm, you guys go, I'm I'm out of arrows. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How many did you use? All of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you go ahead. I'll I'll hang back. <laughs> I like how in this kind of like they're all kind of set up in little duos, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, one getting another, and and <clears throat> and it, these duos are very uh, prominent throughout the you know through through to the current state of the MCU, where like you know you got Thor and Hulk doing stuff, where that's gonna ring back to what happens in Ragnarok, and you've got mm -hmm. Natasha and Hulk that's gonna ring back to what's going on, you know, very clunky, but it turns up in Age of Ultron. You've got the you've got the um, the Tony and and Steve stuff that's going to come in in uh, in Civil War, which is an Avengers movie. I know it was, yeah. but it was treated oh, yeah, like yeah. an Avengers film the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was it was it was titled Captain America, but come on. Um, and then you've got all these other little you know these little duos that this is where it's kind of laying the groundwork because it's the first time they've all been together like in a significant way on screen. So you know they they're really good at they they did they they are very good at making this feel like a comic book universe where mm -hmm. you know it's going to be so weird like in 30 years from now it's probably just going to be like you know we we're just getting through the golden age of the MCU and now mm -hmm. we're going to now we're entering the silver age and then we'll be in the bronze age and then the modern age mm -hmm. and then eventually it'll just be like you know Spider-Man 2099 uh Hopefully, God, I would love that on film. That more than just like an Easter egg. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm very curious. Like, what is my kid going? Will there be a comic universe? That's a whole other discussion for another day. Are they are they ever going to abandon the print media stuff for just the film? I hope not. I hope not. But if they do, they're at least doing um, doing well what they did with the comics with the. Uh, with the movies and then eventually they'll have to reboot everything because it just yeah. gets too complicated and they yeah. write themselves into a dozen corners and yeah uh, oh, uh, yeah they snap their fingers in the universe and it's the ultimate mcu and so but all the groundwork is laid here all the the relationship groundwork is laid here the the origin stories all got laid before all got laid before this yep <laughs> i said it uh <laughs> Uh, I think they yeah. did a, a great job of introducing everybody to each other. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep. It's so weird because there has been so many movies since this to watch them meet and be like, oh shit, you you haven't met? I'm sorry, I should have, you know, I should have introduced you two before. Um, it's, it's just weird watching them introduce each, uh, um, themselves to each other, meet for the first time after so long. The one, can I, can I say this real quick? The one thing that sucks when it comes to like uh, trying to, um, uh, I forgot, what's the term when you try to like backtrack within your writing? Um, retcon? Yeah, retcon. It's so funny watching this. The whole time I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like, now you know, I'm talking about uh, Nick, Nick Fury. You have a pager to call the most ultimate hero you've ever <laughs> seen. Ah, yes. And this well. isn't enough. <laughs> like the sky yeah. is open. They're about to nuke Manhattan, yeah. burn it to a crisp. But you think Carol can't be bothered with this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's I like understand a... it wasn't ready yet. That wasn't that. But like I said, going back and watching it, just like according to according to y'all, 
he has that pager on him right now. Yeah. It's just why why didn't he call the Eagles to carry him? <laughs> <laughs> well, and and wait until you know, wait until we see the ultimates. Uh, because yeah. they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really explain in that film why the most powerful beings in in the MCU by far just kind of twiddled their thumbs during you know they're claim they're I heard they're gonna claim a a, a memory wipe yeah kind of situation. and that's fine look okay. like I said they're gonna do this like they do with the comics and there can always be a memory wipe or there can <laughs> always be a you know a wormhole or or um you know i don't know uh what's his name um uh who's the who's the guy man who Ant-Man was just Ant-Man was just sitting in san francisco while all this shit was going down yeah oh yeah like, and you know. as soon as they add the x-men we're gonna have to figure out like that's why yeah. they have to go with some kind yeah. of x gene you know where it's like oh actually the x gene was just activated and all the x-men started otherwise it's otherwise professor xavier has done a real good job keeping things under mm-hmm. under, under the rug all I need them to do as far as like introducing the X-Men is do first class, but actually be the first movie. Just do mm-hmm. a, a loose first class and I'm good. And mm-hmm. don't make Havoc older than Cyclops because that's that's <laughs> preposterous. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to do that. Like, I'd like to introduce in the next Avengers film, it's like, I'd like to introduce you. This is Senator Sabretooth. <laughs> 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 like, oh, oh, sorry. And we're like, oh. Oh, is uh, it? Oh, I, oh, oh. <laughs> Senator Mephisto. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh gosh. so many Mephistos. We're waiting for the <laughs> Mephisto theory yeah. is strong on this podcast. There's no way someone that evil would ever become a Senator. Oh, wait, no. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, other thoughts sorry. about this Avengers? No? All right. I mean, <laughs> well, no. I mean, oh, go ahead, Keith. I mean, the, 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 the thing that I, I think. Um, I think Rob was touching on it earlier. Um, I almost forget how like amped I was watching this because like my first huge, I mean, of course, growing up, you watch different like superhero movies or like people with powers, whatever. So like Ninja Turtles were huge, was huge for me, but like I was six. I didn't really understand what was going on. But my big, my first big one was probably either um, X-Men in 2000 or spider-man in like 2001 or two and just seeing how well they were able to translate comic book into live action with the powers and the suits and the, the destruction so like i you forget i guess we're jaded now but like you forget they had to start somewhere like yeah. mm-hmm. and goddamn, this was a really good start yeah yeah i think we were all just so impressed you know when we were watching those that was like that looked like you know hieroglyphics compared to what like it was like they we were just impressed they got something on the screen mm-hmm. and and it wasn't <laughs> abject garbage you know maybe i mean we watched that one fantastic four and you could, <laughs> but we didn't have anything really to compare it to other than like made for tv yeah. marvel adaptations and stuff like that so compared to that we're like Every, I, I always joke like every single new iteration of Spider-Man is the best iteration of Spider-Man and everyone says it. They're like, they finally got it. They finally got it right. <laughs> and, and, you know, they did it with Tobey Maguire and we were like, it's perfect. Oh my God. My same friend who grew up like just as much into Spider-Man as I did, they finally got it. And then, and then they rebooted it and it was, uh, what's his name? Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Oh, yeah, no, was, this is the one. He was disrespected. <laughs> he should have got a third one. I'm sorry. 
He uh, was, and then I thought he was good. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all good. Ex- I mean, except for except for Tobey Maguire Spider Man Three, but like that now lives in <laughs> camp, you know, camp uh, glory. Um, uh, but you know, and now with um, uh, you know, with the current iteration, it they really did kind of perfectly get it. But then I see Into the Spider Verse, and I'm like, yes. no, actually, no, nope. yep. there it uh, is, there it is. Into the Spider Verse is probably into the, the, the weird thing about Spider Man. Just to take a quick tangent, <laughs> my favorite Spider Man. This, this podcast. That's mostly what it's. Is it tangent? It's all tangents. <laughs> oh, uh, they, tangent and MCU. Yeah, the tangents is actually when we talk about it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think my favorite Spider-Man movies are so far um, the uh, the first Spider-Man movie of the current iteration, and almost tied for that is Into the Spider-Verse, and then like right after that is if you count the PlayStation Four Spider-Man. <laughs> oh that's, Lord an incredible movie like the story like the storyline on that is absolutely incredible if anyone hasn't played it it's probably dirt cheap now it's probably like 20 bucks or less Dude, and it's ab- an incredible game that absorbed my Miles life Morales last yet, year but yeah it's it's so deep and it gets it it's so good it's so very good but yeah i used I mean, to love the spider-man on genesis sure Sega genesis uh, maximum carnage like- that was uh, great. No, the I red think this cartridge? one was like one of the first ones uh, where you had to go down the sewer and take photos and you're fighting lizard and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We could do a whole, we could do a whole podcast on just uh, video game adaptations of uh, yeah. MCU and, and, and the good and the bad and the very ugly. We'll have some off times. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts about the Avengers? Um, Actually. I, yes. Something that the dovetail what we just talked about. Uh, one of the reasons why I think I I love Hawkeye so much is there's a um, there's an Avengers video game I think on Super Nintendo and Genesis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's the arcade but like arcade for home or whatever mm-hmm. and it's 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 only it's like eight bit but it's perfect. It's a beat 'em up. It's a side scroller. There's a part where like you have to use um, kind of similar to what the Chidori we're using as far as like uh like kind of like hang gliders or whatever uh and yeah it was really or if you're iron Man, you just flew uh with your suit or whatever but yeah so it was really good that's all I mean, y'all remember the <laughs> y'all remember the arcade like coin op avengers oh i remember where, like that yeah where like the 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 I'm sure. I'm sure something was lost in translation, but I'll never forget. It was like there's no escape, and then the response to that was, "You will be the one escaping." <laughs> and I was like, "I, I, I probably dropped like a cool hundo in that machine over the course of like two and a half years when I should have been bowling at the bowling alley that my parents had dropped me off at." On but no, nah, it was that machine and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein on pinball. Which oh I will someday God. I will own that <sighs> pinball machine, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein pinball machine, and you can wow. choose you can choose between the and it was it was it was based on the the, the movie the with, Kenneth Branagh movie yeah it was based on the one with, <laughs> with uh, De Niro as yeah. Frankenstein. It was such a good pinball machine. Anyway, there's there's the biggest tangent of all. We literally yeah, welcome to the pin cast. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to tilt. <laughs> all about uh, all right 
So how Ma do you Michael feel had something, I'm sure. Uh, I just wanted to say, I really enjoyed how they cast Coulson as they kind of reimagined him as like a, a Captain America fanboy. I think that's yeah. really fun. He kind of mm -hmm. brings like a real kind of innocence to the whole thing. Um, and I, even though it's, I mean, the movie is filled with like, oh, that's a very Jossie moment, you know, like Joss Whedon yeah. moment. Like, like Black Widow's first scene is a very Joss Whedon moment. But Coulson's death is a very Joss Whedon moment. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he does. He makes you love somebody and then he, he, he kills them right in front of you. Um, and I forget, is Coulson still dead officially in the MCU because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't count anymore? Or I believe is that so, how it yeah. works? Okay. Yeah. okay. Although we did see him uh did we or did we not see him in endgame in that past timeline he, i don't remember he might have been or that might have been a scene from uh no that wasn't it no my bad i, I was right, i could be I was starting to... very wrong yeah uh i do have a bone to pick though with the uh the colson death uh and that is first of all fury lied he used those cards to manipulate the Avengers into rallying behind the Coulson death and yes. fucking yeah. destroyed those collectibles. Yes. I, I guess he went back and just rubbed them in Coulson's blood. Yeah. Uh, come on, dude. Those, are, those were worth something. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, you saw well, Logan Paul wore a, uh, a CGC graded 10 original Charizard card around his neck as a pendant last night going to that fight that he would have lost if it was a real fight. There was no decision. <laughs> yeah. But he wore that around his neck. Uh, you know, these trading cards are worth something, man. Just as a side... it was in the, uh, the case. <laughs> there, case. The, the sentence that Rob just said, there are so many things that I find baffling packed into that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh, that it, it would now be like a, an original Charizard would now be a, a, a quarter of a million dollar status symbol pendant. That's, yeah. On a YouTube star who's now boxing and fighting one of the champs. In yeah, his oh, late forties, uh, I've had a very busy past couple of days, so I was like turning on the news for the first time. And I was like Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. I was like, wait, what? Like, what? like it was Talk literally about, like little, jumping around timeline. Yeah, seriously, it was literally one of those. Just like, did I wake up in the right universe? Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, how did you all feel about how things wrapped up? In the Avengers, the movie we're podcasting. Anything that ends with shawarma is, is, is okay. Oh, that's so great. That's such a great guy. No, shawarma had a real moment. That was like, people were coming around like looking for, I was like, y'all haven't had shawarma before? Like you need to diversify yeah. your palate, my friends. Actually, I'm going to confess, I had shawarma because of this movie. I, it's not an un... It's great. I can't remember if I've ever had it now. You I had probably to have. did. But I can't remember. Um, if you've been to a, if you've been to a, like a, a Lebanese place that served you chicken, spiced chicken on a pita with some uh, tahini, you you've you've had it. If not, I'm picking you up after this podcast is over. Let's go. Uh, for the uh, post credits, was that the first time we saw the glimpse of Thanos? Yeah. 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 That's where and everybody it, was like, oh, it, it is him. You know, yeah, it, you know, in the weirdest looking Thanos of the MCU. <laughs> they did not yeah. get the character design right. I don't even know if um uh if Brolin. Josh Brolin was um he wasn't. He was. No, he wasn't. So they were just like general Thanos looking thing. <laughs> yeah. Thanos. -y. Um 
Um, I know it's 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 such a minor thing, but um, there's a moment in the end battle where uh, most of the Stark Tower basically is getting hit left and right, and all that's left is the A. And the only reason that happens, is so the mm. last shot of that movie is basically the giant A on the Stark Tower. That is mm. corny as shit, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, and Jesus Christ, they destroy New York. They yeah. really do. Like thousands of people, like probably a hundred thousand people dead. You know. Yep. Uh, but they do such a good job of not really showing any of them dying. And anybody they get close to either get saved or, you know, jetpacks mm-hmm. out. Um, they're just always uh, really good about not showing what, what's going on. And this yeah, is where a lot of people are dead. This is where I really wish I know they were thinking for a while they were going to do, I think, a television series called Damage Control. I think I think it was Damage Control where it was going to be the people, the, the government. um entity that was just responsible for like cleaning up this shit mm-hmm. and going yeah, in that. and they, yeah. they touched on it a little bit actually in the in first spider-man and first yeah. spider-man first scene yeah that's where um that's where the vulture kind of comes from and he's like what do you mean i'm you know the actual the actual hero for the working class of that movie the vulture uh who was just like trying to get paid for a job well done and had had a whole staff of people that counted on him and they're just going to take his contract away from nowhere after he bought all the supplies and hired all the people. So what I'm saying is um, we need to take back the means of production. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole th- that's what uh, spurs Zemo. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah, thing too. yeah, sure. Yeah. I really like this whole theme in the MCU, basically, of villains being created by heroes' solutions to other villains. You know, previously, because yeah, because you have the Michael Keaton stuff, and you have and you have Zemo, um, yeah, and 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 all that stuff. I I, I really think that's fun. Um, yeah, and, and just like the the way it's just constantly building on each other. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts, and then we'll hit some winners and losers. Oh, I forgot to mention too, like the um when uh the uh i i really enjoyed too like we were talking about the destruction of new york city i really enjoyed too how i think the daredevil tv show isn't canon anymore right no yeah. i don't think it ever was was it not because i thought they tried to tie it originally because there's a line in the first episode about how the property values have all gone to hell in hell's kitchen because i remember at the time you know, because they're yeah. clearly inspired by the 80s Daredevil and just like, well, Hell's Kitchen now is kind of different than it was back then. And they yeah. kind of hand waved it by saying just like, well, the Battle of New York really messed up a lot of stuff. I I'm think, like, OK, that's clever. I think it's like um, in the Star Wars universe, there's there's stuff that like was affected by things that were canon, mm-hmm. but okay. themselves are not considered canon any longer i think when they first created those okay. the netflix you know netflix uh marvel shows they were certainly making it open to being a part of the larger mcu yeah. but then when the contracts changed hands i'm sure disney knew that they were gonna um you know make a grab for these eventually and pull everything mm-hmm. in and and you know so they were kind of like well maybe if they maybe we'll take them over and bring them to disney plus or something but mm-hmm. they're no longer canon but they okay. were they did exist in a universe where all the same shit happened yeah. and they were affected by that interesting okay all right let's hit those uh losers for the avengers keen uh i think loser might be it's a lot of fucking people. A lot of possibilities. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, I got a backup, too. I'm going to go with Selvig. Um, 
because the whole movie, I don't know if he slept at all. So that was like a, what, a week? <laughs> no. Just yeah. him working. He looked nonstop. terrible. And then I think late in like in like uh, movies later on, you see because of this, he's not right since this. Like he's mentally unstable now. I think mm-hmm. he lost all of his credit credation credations accreditation whatever credibility. There it is. <laughs> lost all of it. Um, so yeah, definitely solve it. Okay, Michael. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go with probably Loki because the plan doesn't go well. He gets beaten up by the Hulk, gets hauled back to Asgard. You know, things, things, things are not great for him. Um, uh, in a great moment. That is still oh, one of the so funnier good. moments. Just spoosh, spoosh. And also when uh, Steve is delegating, uh, and this is just aside from, aside from Loki, but Steve is delegating different things to everybody. And then he's like, Hulk, smash. <laughs> fun, fun moment. I just thought of there. I'm sorry. I love, I, I love in that same moment. I love how Tony, with all his uh, arrogance gone, actually defers to Cap as the strategist. I, I, mm-hmm. it's such a nice little character moment since they've been like vying for power between themselves the entire movie. It's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, Rob, producer. Um, I think I'm going to go with, um, Hawkeye, because he just. He never, you know, this is the movie that kind of started the meme of like, I'm out of arrows. Yeah. (laughs) I think he'll get his, and they've always kind of used him as, well, he's a person we can use to show the more human side of things. Like, you know, he's, he's the evidence that like, this didn't just affect, you know, heroes It affected their families. And, you know, once we got into Endgame and things like Mm -hmm. that, I think this is where that all started. He was useful through the Avengers. Uh, even sure. in the big battle when he ran out, he was like, "All right, you go up to the uh, the highest building and just tell us what to do." So he was, he was, he was yeah, helpful. he's he's it's like you. Well, I don't know. I didn't. I had a lot of. Co- I never had brothers and sisters, but I had a lot of cousins. And occasionally, when you were playing stuff, you'd be like, "You be the lookout." <laughs> You're basically <laughs> yeah. sending them. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'll just sit here and watch. All right, cool. Uh, um, my loser is Colson. Yeah, he got, sure. he got killed. <laughs> you know, he, yep. he's dead. Uh, and this is as especially since Agents of Shield is not canon. He's dead. He's dead. Dead. So Coulson, he's a great character too. So oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a shame. And that's the way that he, before he return. Yeah, I think that we'll see something when he he dies and he shoots that gun off. Ugh, that's what it was. You know. Yeah. Just fun. Uh, winners, yeah. Rob. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's Hulk. Uh, I think Hulk's a really strong candidate for like the game changer. Um, I don't think this. I don't think this battle gets won without Hulk. He yeah. he he immobilizes Loki. He has the great puny god line that you know is every single like every single highlight reel of this movie would have to include that. He takes down a whole Chitari like space worm ship and. <laughs> He, he's the game changer. So I think um, this established, this firmly establishes him as like, like a problem. If you're going yeah. to go against the Avengers, he's, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. To the point where they, they have to literally send him off planet. So. <laughs> yeah. I think they did a great job because he only had that one movie. Uh, yeah. So really kind of filling out his. And his it wasn't role. even like, it's MCU, but it is the least MCU of the MCUs in terms mm-hmm. of like, it's a whole different, 
it's a whole different actor. It's a whole different feel. They hadn't figured their shit out yet. So, you know, it, the, the fact that he's such a huge member of the MCU now is, is a testament to his role, his, his, yeah. his, um, his role in this film. Yeah, for sure. Um, Michael. I'm actually going to go with Nick Fury. He gets everybody together. You know, the Avengers very much his brainchild. He uh, does his uh, Machiavellian stuff with the, uh, the Coulson cards. And not only that, isn't there a moment towards the very end when that, when that, uh, when when the jet is actually going to be bringing the bomb to New York, where he tries to stop it and then he pulls out his, try to stop the jet and just for a second, <laughs> for a second he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, and then he's just like, nah, that's not gonna work. I admire yeah. the balls of that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had to deal with that council. Council, uh, yeah. Oh, these always has these, you know, the shadowy council <laughs> ready to destroy shit. Uh, King. Uh, it took me a while to, to 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 think about it, but honestly, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's Iron Man. I think uh, Tony Stark. The one thing they I can't remember which movie they pointed out, but uh, or how I remember this, or probably something I saw. But every, after every single movie, he improves his shortcomings. Meaning, like if something's wrong with the tech, he improves it. So this two two examples with this one was one when his power or his power level surged, he he in the in the next uh, couple of suits he integrated that in as like a charger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Two, he was like, all right, cool, I might have to go back in space again. So he definitely learned that lesson. He improved his shit for that. Um, plus, this opens the door for him. I think him and Thanos like kind of dreamt about each other, like they. They have like a mental link because of this, of him like being that hmm. close and being in the outer space. Um, and this is another shift in his character as far as like being even like Cap or Cap even says it like you aren't you want you're not willing to take one for the team. He was. He took that ship or the ship. He took the missile straight up. And he just fell. He's like fuck it. I did what I could. And luckily he he came back came through back the wormhole before it closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was a fun moment when yeah. Loki goes to change him. It's like, tink. tink. Oh, that's yeah. great. <laughs> and his, oh, his shit it. talking. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, are you threatening me? He's like, he's like um, he said something. He's like, oh, I'm threatening you. Yeah, we're going to fuck you up. I'm just <laughs> calm about it right now. So cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my winner is, uh, I believe this is the flip of Rob. My winner is Hawkeye. Uh, he should not have lived through any of that. Um, so, no. yeah. he's their Krillin. If, if anybody watches Dragon Ball Z, he's their Krillin. Krillin. One human that should not survive, but somehow he always does. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's my my winner. And I gotta say, uh, well, first of all, that's that's our episode talking about Avengers and um, once in a while and other stuff <laughs> mostly. Uh, but I think and also we are, machines. I think we are at a point where I feel comfortable asking this question. Does anybody have anything they want to plug? Yeah. <laughs> Keen, where are you going to be? Uh, man, uh, I got something coming up at Punchline in July. Um, I got something else coming up after that. But most importantly, uh, Friday the 11th, uh-huh. uh, I'm going to be performing No Diggity, uh, mm. a show for uh, Crossroads Comedy. Um, and then that same weekend, next night, I'm going to be in uh, 
study hall. Uh, mm-hmm. a, uh, <laughs> all about lectures. Uh, yeah. Laughing all about lectures. So uh, please come out this come out to that, and uh, follow me at Keen Cobb for everything else. Oh, thanks, Keen. Michael. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Michael J Henley. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> I'm boring. Twitter, Twitter is a plug. Uh, Rob. Um. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, there are things that are coming up that I'm in. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in that study hall show on the 12th as well for Crossroads Comedy. Um, I make hot sauces, uh, like real small batch, uh, home brewed, home fermented, uh, really delicious hot sauces. I just dropped a 15 box, like super micro batch of this hot sauce called Scoville Distancings, which has been in ferment since May of last year and has just recently been brought out and bottled up. So it's expensive, but it's a year in ferment and you will never taste anything like it. it's 100% Carolina Reapers, but it is uh, mellow and milder than it should be for that kind of heat because it's been in ferment for so long. So follow me at Trust the Sauces on Instagram. You can order from there. And also I'm in a group called Thank You Places, which is a improvised musical um, that might be returning uh, stay tuned with uh, some shows in uh, July and August. So follow us at Places Thank You on Instagram. And we're also on Facebook. Thank you, Places. You can search for us um, and follow X Roads Comedy because uh, those shows will be announced there. Cool. Uh, yes, this is Mike. You can follow us, uh, follow Crossroads Comedy on Twitter uh, at X Roads underscore comedy. Uh, we have shows this weekend, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, June 11th through the 13th. Friday nights, we have not yet rated an improvised movie. We've been doing improvised movies since 2017. We did a bunch over the internet in the dark web, and we're going to be doing it live on stage for the first time since February 2020 on Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Saturday night, 7.30, we have two improv teams, Hoffman and Daddy Issues. Uh, 9 o'clock is Study Hall Comedy Inspired by Lectures. Sunday nights uh, is Extra Extra Comedy Inspired by News, which I still have to cast. Um, so go to xroadscomedy.com for information on all those shows and the other podcasts that we do. All of this stuff will be in the episode notes. So check that out. Thank you, Keen. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Rob. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Later. <laughs>